This is Tim Tapp, the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth that you can hear right here, K-Star, ZMA, and the Vera Networks. Command codes verified. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp. And I'm coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And we are live, as always, for the Friday Night Show. We are live, if you're listening to WCETFM in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're listening on thelastfrequency.com, you could possibly be listening to the Vera Network or... You may also be listening on the K-Star Talk Radio Network or, most recently added, the ZMA Radio Network as well. Wherever you're listening to live and all the digital platforms associated with those groups as well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate it. Uh, We definitely have a lot of stuff going on, and I'm barely going to be able to get to any of it because we have a full slate of guests scheduled for tonight. Uh, we're scheduled to be joined by Richard Lyons, 
who is the author of The DNA of Democracy as well as The Shadows of the Acropolis. Should be a fun conversation there. We've got Tony Lyons of Skyhorse uh, Publishers. Uh, they, of course, he was scheduled to join us last week, and we had a uh, technical snafu, which now, when I look at everything, may very well have been my fault. So <laughs> there we go. It's just me being bad, and I'm getting the, the finger from the control room right there because clearly I should do better, uh, and he's right. We're also scheduled to be joined in the second hour by return guest Kathy Barnett. Uh, you, of course, will remember her from her most recent visit just a few short weeks ago. Uh, of course, she was here to uh, hype up the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign, and we'll be talking a little bit about that again tonight, as well as how pro-Trump Vivek seems to be. Uh, and... Last but not least, we are scheduled to be rejoined once again by Miss Nina May. Uh, Nina, of course, is a phenomenal producer and writer. She is involved with women's leadership around the world. Uh, We're expecting to, to have her on, but as you know, with live radio, anything can happen, and... Who knows? I may have gave Doug the wrong number again, for all I know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get ready to jump into the action. But before we do that, well, you know the routine by now. I have to tell you that things are crazy out there. Well, I don't have to tell you that part. You can see that for yourself. But I have to tell you that you should take every step that you possibly can to be prepared, be prepared self-sufficient, be self-reliant. That's the only way you can truly enjoy liberty. That means being prepared if the electricity goes off, being ready if the grocery store goes bare. You can do this by visiting our friends over at 4Patriots. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. 4Patriots.com is the one-stop shop to make sure that you have everything you need in the event of an emergency, in the event of a long-term supply disruption, or just in the event that you decide every now and then you want to take a break from everyday life. Some of the stuff you can just take with you camping vacations, getaways. It doesn't have to be limited to emergency use only, but it's good to have it there. So once again, that is 4Patriots.com. Go see everything they've got to offer. I promise you it's well worth your time. And uh, while you're there, be sure to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to get yourself a 10% discount on the entire store. So again, 4Patriots.com, that's the number four Patriots.com. Use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, for that 10% discount. In the age of Bidenomics, who doesn't need to save a little cash? All right, we got a little bit of time before we uh, bring in our first guest, Richard C. Lyons. So, this was kind of interesting. You see, the House Oversight Committee Chairman, James Comer, he has been very entertaining in my mind. He's been telling us everything that's going on in the effort to bring the Biden crime family to justice. Not that he's actually able to do that, but he's doing what he can. Um now, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, before I do that, uh, Doug reminds me of something very important. Um, Tony Bennett passed away today, and uh, we heard that unfortunate news. For a lot of you out there, you grew up listening to Tony Bennett. He was a special artist. The 
Again, Tony Bennett, uh, a masterful artist, a, a tremendous vocalist, major impact on the pop culture at the time, and influenced a great many people that, to a point that a lot of artists aren't even willing to admit these days, but you know it's true. So, Tony, you will be missed. Okay. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, James Comer. Yeah, going after the Biden crime family. Well, we got some new Biden news from him uh, here just recently. It would seem that according to Mr. James Comer, that the congressional investigators have actually obtained financial records that allege showing transactions from Russia to the Biden family. From Russia? Mm, with all Biden's tough talk about Russia, that's a little surprising. Now, Comer made these remarks during an interview over on Senator Ted Cruz's podcast, Verdict, and uh, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek at first because, you know, uh, the co-host, uh, Mr. Ferguson, said that I want to know what country so far you can name for sure in regards to countries that sent money to Joe Biden or to any of the Bidens that, you know, 10% always going to the big guy, right? And uh, he continued by saying, and there's one country that hasn't been talked about a lot, and that's Russia. So Comer responded to that by saying, stay tuned, where our good friend, uh, debater extreme, Ted Cruz, quickly interjected saying, stay tuned. You want to break news, but this is a podcast. You gotta, you gotta show a little leg here, James. So obviously he was actually being charming, which is a side of Ted Cruz that you don't normally get to see unless you follow him closely. If all you're doing is watching mainstream legacy media coverage of Ted Cruz, you would think he was a very stiff robot. Uh, he is not. But at any rate, he was making this breaking information there, and. It really is interesting to see that there may be a Russian connection as well. Now, I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on too early. Because, you know, I've got enough tinfoil hats already. I don't need to add another. But if Russia is involved with sending payments, we know China has been involved with sending payments. We know a lot of stuff was funneled through uh, a lot of different countries as well. Obviously, Ukraine has been a bit of a laundry mat. 
it's just really interesting to see these different players that seem to be working together. <coughs> Excuse me. What does this really mean in the broader scheme? I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, I don't like to get uh, too far out over my skis, if you know what I mean. I think you guys tend to appreciate that. So we're not going to jump to any conclusions. We're going to accept what's being said. We're going to let the story shake out. We're going to let the information fall where it may. In the meanwhile, we are scheduled, and now we have with us our first guest of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the author of The DNA of Democracy and the author of Shadows of the, Acro- the Acropolis, a poet, an author, and a man who is unquestionably a lover of the written word, a great communicator, and somebody who now I think you can officially call him a historian as well. He's put in the time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard C. Lyons. Richard, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And before we jump into anything at all, how are you doing today? Uh, Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here. I really do. Uh, Obviously, uh, you've got two great books under your belt, and it's my understanding that this is still part of a series that you're not done with, so definitely looking forward to seeing where you go to next. But before we talk about the books, and we'll circle back around to them, I want to kind of start out with where we seem to be at with the Republic. Uh, We have a person who is supposed to be the president who now is struggling with even completing sentences in public and and making these trips, and he went so far as to actually start revealing strategic military information on live television – Uh, If you were watching in real time, you got a pretty good scoop, and he's done similar things that could still be dismissed previous, but there's no question what he was talking about here. Uh, Before we touch on just what that means towards the country, what was your initial take as soon as you saw this? It's sad that in a country of 330 million people of such a variety of talents and strengths and vigor – Uh, We have this guy who's been in government his entire life, uh, who's literally grown old in the job, uh, and they prop him up uh, as a yes man. It's really – it's sad for America. It's really sad uh, that this is what we're come to. Well, you know, when everybody talks about fitness for the job, a lot of people are talking about age, but – We can look around and we can see a handful of folks that are still in the public limelight, uh, performers of different kinds, uh, but still politicians as well, people that are older than Joe Biden, but they're just not aging well. It's all an effort to try to diminish the real issue, and the real issue here is that he was propped up from the get-go. We've been watching in real time the cognitive decline. But there were obvious signs during the campaign. We saw things happen during Biden's most recent campaign that would have ended most when he put hands on a a young lady because he didn't like 
the the statements he was making when he was threatening uh, a guy <laughs> because he was asking there was a, a an actual democrat supporter but was asking questions about why he didn't do more to support the union and he wanted to challenge him to a push-up competition we've seen all these kind of things <laughs> and it's only gotten worse where does it end where do we finally see the democratic party draw that line I don't know. They they seem to want a, a person in that office who is weak, and it makes me believe that there's somebody behind the office who is strong and really running the show. Um, I don't know that he can carry on through the 2024 election. I don't know that anybody knows that. As you were saying, Tim, you know, there's a lot of people who are in their 80s who are very cognitive. Uh, I just had a neighbor who lived to be 90, and he was sharp every day of his life, uh, more so than Joe Biden. But um, he he is a figurehead of that party, and I, he's just being run over by the socialist left. Yeah. yeah, and he seems to have embraced it as well. I mean, yeah. we know he's a yes man at this point because he finally got his dream. This man has wanted to be able to call himself president since the first term uh, being a U.S. senator. Uh, there's no qualms about it. He's run for president probably more than – uh, anybody in uh, modern history, because he's had that yeah. many shots at the apple, he's spent nearly half a century in D.C. at this point. Uh, I don't know why more people don't figure out that if you spent that much time there and you still see a problem, he's clearly not part of a solution. Let's move on. But <laughs> it, Very true. It, it does still kind of feel – I when I – Take and separate myself away from seeing his career and how he's treated people. I do kind of start to feel bad for him now because this – I used to say it bordered on elder abuse. I think we've went well past that at this point. Uh, this man is being abused so that the political powers that be behind him don't have to reveal themselves, right? It, you know, I suspect that. I think a lot of people do, Tim. Um that he is he is the front and the face so that he takes all the punches uh, for a policy uh, that goes directly to my books, that socialism is is right at the doorstep of our country. Um, it's full effect on our country is right at the doorstep, if not already in the door. And he is out there to deflect blame for the policies. Yeah. And it's easy enough that should the wrong people get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, they can still kind of point back and say, well, I mean, uh, it was Joe, and he clearly wasn't all there. Exactly. It's not us. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't hurt the poor old man, you know. <laughs> it's not the first time these kind of tactics have been tried, though. You, you've seen this through history, and yeah. that brings us back to the books as well. Uh, the first one being the DNA of democracy. Uh, this is one that is real popular on the conservative talk show uh, circuit, uh, and for good reason. It's a great book. It's not like this is your first uh, uh, artistic efforts out there as far as writing. You're a great poet. You've done a lot of good work. But the DNA of democracy, it raises a lot of questions because it takes a long, hard look at the founding of the, the country, and, and you look at – different stages, but you, you look at how different examples of republics and democracies were kind of merged together into this unique experiment that we call the United States of America. My question to you is, as a person who starts out as a, a poet and an artist and, and a guy who's 
involved with film and, and just loves writing. How do you merge into a historian and what lights the fire to make you decide that this is a path you want to go down as far as what the DNA of democracy has begun in your writing career? Well, that you know that you you really gave a great general statement as to what the book's about. The DNA of democracy is about volume one, and the reason for it, Tim, is that and you know I never thought I'd be writing this book. If it were ten years ago, I would have said what. But during the Obama administration, I noticed that the manner of our the way our government was uh, governing was becoming critical. It was becoming something other than what we would normally. Uh, recognize in America, laws weren't being created through the legislature, they were being created through agencies. And they were not only being created in agencies, they were being enforced by agencies in a manner that was, you know, just un-American. So that it, you know, I saw an example on the news, and there was a rancher in, I think it was Wyoming. And I'm just watching the news, and I'm discovering that the EPA, because this person put in a pond to feed his chickens, the EPA went out to Wyoming and fined him $35,000 a day for that. And because he didn't comply with the law, another $35,000 a day. So when I saw that, I said, well, wait, what's wrong with this country? And so I had to go to, in order to begin to uh, evaluate what had changed, I had to go back in history to all the examples of democracies and republics and what's right about it and how and why our country was uniquely created, and it was very uniquely created. So that's what the DNA of democracy is about. That is the, literally the definition of our democracy, the how and the why behind it, so that everybody in America can know after reading the book as a matter of self-government and self-help. Well, this is why America is the way it is, and this is the way it should be, and why it is it was peaceful, prosperous, and, uh, and, and accepting of everybody from around the world. Until, and then I, in order to show what had changed, I had to go to volume two. So that is Shadows of the Acropolis, and it goes from 1900 or so through the present day. And it is a chronicle of the growth of socialism in this country. And so the problem we have today is that the evolution of socialism in America has gone on for 100 years. So we now have two kinds of government. We have a representative government and we have a socialist government. And, and the two are opposed. They are opposites. They are opposite kinds of government. And so there is a huge battle now. The left wants to control everything without anybody voting on anything. The right wants to go back to the founding principles of the country. And the two could not be more opposite. So that in general, at a 30,000-foot view, uh, is is why I wrote the two books. All right now, there are more coming, right? You, you're you're not done telling the story. Well, I am. I am as a as a chronology because it ends up right now today. But the third, there will be a third volume, and that'll be a series of essays on. It'll be called um, Dynamics of the Demos, and it'll be about hu human nature and tendencies within self government. Right. So it's. It goes into that and, and how best to preserve uh, a representative go constitutional government. Right. And, and I think what that really does, and it, it really complements well, all these three works go together because you deal with the history and the philosophies and why yeah. certain philosophies tend to 
return over time and and get dressed up differently, but it's still the same uh, human nature playing a major role. I I think those are really, really a great whole picture to look at. It's incredibly easy for us in this modern world to become very myopic when we look at a simple topic. Oh, no, I'm so mad at Disney. Oh, no, uh, Jason Aldean's got a great song. Oh, uh, why are you being mean? Oh, no, Bud Light, why are you drinking? It's real easy to get caught up in the topic of the day and still lose the uh, the full view of exactly why things are happening and why some of these things, as as much as it might rile up one base or the other, works really well as a distraction as well as certain folks continue to move us away from the intended path. Uh, yeah, very well said. Yeah. I, I hate it. I really hate it because time passes so quickly when we have a great conversation going, and we barely touch the surface. I would love to get you back on uh, sometime real soon to talk more about the books and to talk more about how you see the current situation in politics uh, in relationship to that historical view. Uh, Obviously, though, we are running short on time, so I need to give you an opportunity to let everybody know where they can find your work, and if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, you can share whatever platforms and handles you'd like, and also do not hesitate to throw out there any final thoughts you'd like to share before we end the segment. Um, Yeah, apropos to what you were just saying, you know, we, we see everything in social media as a matter of flash fires, But if you watch what the left is doing, uh, everything that's occurring in the news today are symptoms of a single disease, and that disease is the growth of socialism and tyranny in America. And the better that everyone is educated as to that, the better we will know how to to face it. Um, Anybody can get my books uh, through Amazon. Or they can go to any retail shop or library. It's also available on my website, which is richardclyons.com. All right, Richard. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said, I hope we can get together and have a little bit longer conversation sometime soon. Uh, Keep up the good work, sir. I appreciate anybody who takes the time and puts in the energy not only to to know history, but to also try to educate folks on it. Uh, That is what's missing most from our society today, I think. Again, Godspeed to you, sir. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Richard C. Lyons. He is the author of The DNA of Democracy, Volume 1, Shadows of the Acropolis, Volume 2, and the upcoming essay collection as well. This is going to be great. You should add all three to your collection as soon as they're available. Uh, I will have links to the two currently available in the show description if you decide to listen to the podcast later. In the meanwhile, I need to remind you that one of the most important rights that you have is the right to self-defense. One of the primary reasons why you want to educate yourself, like with books from Richard C. Lyons, would be so that you don't fall victim to tyranny. Fastest path to become a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. Quickest way to become a victim of violent crime is to not have your firearm on you when you need it. That's why I don't make the same mistake that I've made as a gun owner. Get a holster that's so uncomfortable that you stop carrying. It's a bad idea. Just don't do it. I got a quick and easy solution for you, though. Go check out Vanish Holsters. Uh, they have, according to thousands of their customers, the most comfortable holsters, period. You're going to really, really enjoy it if you try it. I promise you it's good quality stuff. And all you have to do, I'm asking you to just go check it out. 
you decide for yourself. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash TAPP, and you want to use the backslash TAPP because that will activate for you automatically a $50 discount. But you better hurry because that $50 discount goes away at the end of July, and it's already the 21st as of today. Time is running out quickly. If you've been waiting, don't wait any longer. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Do it right now, and we'll be back after this quick mid-hour break. This is David Barker with Barker Financial. Thank you for listening to Tim Tapp and Tap into the Truth. Recently, an unprovoked lunatic brandished a firearm and for no reason opened fire on patrons exiting an entertainment district establishment in downtown Cleveland at 2.30 a.m. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. A thuggish lunatic recently shot nine people as they were leaving a downtown Cleveland establishment. First of all, thanks to great police work, the criminal was nabbed by the long arm of the law. But... Cleveland Mayor Justin Bibbs' main focus has been all about going after the Ohio State Legislature because law-abiding sovereign citizens are not prohibited in the Buckeye State from owning firearms and using them for protection. If the mayor had his wits about him, he would be heading up efforts to go hard after criminals, not clamoring for gun control on the people who do not misuse their firearms. If gun control was the solution, then Chicago would not be living up to the leftist goal of being a kill zone. Dear listener, the reintroduction of high moral standards and enforcing them beginning with little children would go a long way toward making our cities safe again. Not gun control lunacy. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. Before we jump into our next uh, guest segment here, I do need to remind you that you can't trust the woke medical establishment anymore. They are on board with all kinds of crazy stuff that has nothing to do with healthcare. So take your health into your own hands. 
If you're worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen achy joints like I am, uh, then I've got an Antarctic Krill supplement right here that could help end issues with all three. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, and brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And there's never been a better time to try it. You can save yourself up to 58% off current regular pricing of the Native Path Antarctic Krill by going to Fix Swollen feet.com yes the domain name that i will never stop chuckling about but it is serious this krill oil is pure it's effective it's easily absorbed by the body and it contains potent antioxidants that help reduce inflammation and swelling through the whole body for a limited time you can grab native path acrylic krill acrylic antarctic krill oil i keep doing that for some reason native path antarctic krill oil I can speak English, I promise. For the low, low price of $23 for a bottle of 30 pills, that's a month's supply. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. I'm done. Let's move on to today's second guest. Uh, he has been kind enough to join us in the past, and he is here once more. He is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. That's a company that has over 10,000 books in print, as well as the number one top selling book or the uh, label the real anthony fauci ladies and gentlemen welcome an expert in censorship mr tony Lyons. tony again thank you so much for joining us how are you doing today great thanks for having me oh well you are absolutely welcome here anytime there's no doubt about it uh, I really wanted to reach out to you primarily this week because we saw something kind of weird about a week and a half, almost two weeks ago now. We saw the White House absolutely insist that they completely and totally support a free press. Uh, the entire time it was being revealed how far they were actually going to try to censor the press, uh, being someone that is so heavily involved with fighting against censorship, uh, I would love to get what your initial snap take was as soon as you saw this uh, juxtaposition playing out live on television. Yeah, I mean, that's double speak right out of 1984. I mean, the people who are censoring the most are saying that they believe in free speech. It's really scary, and it's it's dangerous because people can be fooled by that. I mean, like you said, you know, Bobby Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, when that came out, it was censored in every conceivable way. And it was censored by the left. I mean, it was censored by the Biden administration. And, you know, they have gone all out to censor everybody who they disagree with. And, you know, then they come out and they say that they believe in free speech. So, you know, you can't believe most things that you hear these days and you really have to look at you know what all the different people are saying and look at the criticisms of the things that are being said because it is just a really scary time when you know you can read things in every major newspaper you can watch them on television but they just might not be true and that's the case with with biden and free speech yeah the the most horrific aspect here though is how much of our ability 
to fact check for ourselves has went away uh, in the name of convenience. Uh, this is something that directly affects the publishing industry. We have seen this movement towards ebooks, and and ebooks are great. Don't get me wrong, but the downside of an ebook is that it can be edited at any point in time. If you read the uh, the user agreements, uh, you're t typically only borrowing the electronic version. You don't actually own it. Uh, you've bought the rights to read it whenever you like, but you don't have the right to keep it as is. They can, they can change anything up as they feel the need to. And we've seen recently, uh, over the last several months, an effort to go back and, and whitewash various classical bits of literature, especially children's literature, in an effort to make it less problematic and uh, more woke. Uh, how much pressure do you see being put on other publishers, and how do you stand up against it in your constant fight against uh, the uh, the level of censorship that these folks are doing, sometimes simply in the name of the agenda, whether or not it makes any sense or not? Yeah, so one of the best ways, I think, is to have a bunch of people at a publishing company go on to shows exactly like this one and just try to tell the truth. Because there is so much censorship in the publishing field now. And there's a lot of self-censorship where the publishing companies are scared of the people who work for them. So they don't publish certain kinds of books. Not that they even care, but that they are, you know, that they fear the consequences of publishing books that their peers kind of disagree with. You know, it wasn't that long ago, though. Uh, it feels like almost a lifetime, but it really wasn't that long ago when publishers used to take pride in being the house that brought in that book that was going to be the controversial book, that was going to flood in the face of conventional wisdom, that was going to ruffle the feathers of the powerful. Uh, how have we gotten to the point where everybody's a yes man? Is it this fear of cancellation or worse? It is just fear, and it's, uh, and it's, it's sort of weakness, too. I mean – Nobody should want the government to be able to control what we do, what we think, what we read, what we put into our bodies. And more and more, you see this sort of, uh, you know, corporate control of the government, and then the government controls messages on behalf of big companies or on behalf of specific narratives that it's, it's even hard to tell where those narratives come from or, or what the long-term goals of those narratives are. But, you know, I publish books because I want people to have the opportunity to hear as many different points of view as possible. I mean, those are the building blocks of freedom. If you can't get information that's unbiased on, on all sides so that you can think it through for yourself, then what kind of freedom can you possibly have? I mean, if you're directed towards a specific narrative or a specific outcome, a specific point of view, then, you know, you can't blame people like that because they can't get good information. It, it becomes such an incredible struggle to get information that isn't biased. Yeah. Well, I mean, you really – I don't know that anybody under the age of 22 right now would have an idea where to even start because they don't even perceive the biases. They're not even taught critical thinking anymore. And if somebody like uh, you or myself 
happens to talk about critical thinking, well, they think we're talking about just saying negative things because that's all they know about the word critic. They, uh, they don't have the capacity. So these people are victims of the, the leftist push to try and control their minds. And unfortunately, the left figured out a long time ago, the earlier you can grab uh, young minds, the harder it's going to be to get them beyond the delusions that they're pushing. And like you said, having these alternative views, allowing yourself to be challenged, what, what college used to be about, at least was supposed to be, what coming of age, what learning about the world as you went from that soft-hearted living at home to now I'm out in the world and I'm learning what life is really about, uh, adult, so much of that has been taken away that we see so many young people now that aren't even capable just not capable of going out and taking care of themselves. And it's all a direct yeah. result of this same mentality, and it is about censoring so that nobody can challenge the narrative. Yeah, we've been publishing so many books that are trying to push back. I mean, there's a book that we published by Armstrong Williams called Crisis in the Classroom, which is just about that kind of thing, that how do people begin to learn how to think critically if they can't get information? You know, if, if, if they're forced to just see certain information and, and the same kind of thing is true with books like Dr. Robert Malone's Lies My Government Told Me, where he goes through all of the methods that the government used during the covid years to sort of control what people believed and to force them to make certain decisions. And, you know, it's, it's a fantastic book. It's, you know, it's almost 500 pages long, but he's you know, a top-notch doctor and scientist who did incredible research. And, you know, he came up with very strong points of view that, you know, taking the vaccine wasn't going to benefit people, that, you know, it, it could still, that COVID could still be transmitted, even if you did, that, that the vaccine itself was dangerous, you know, all of those kinds of things. And he was censored so thoroughly during that period so that so many people would say, you know, every serious doctor agrees because they don't realize the power that the government has now and the power that big pharmaceutical companies have to make it so that every single doctor who disagrees with them can get censored. I mean, there's a list of 17,000 doctors who were against the lockdowns and masking, and they were all censored. Many of them were kicked off medical, uh, you know, the uh, uh, medical boards of, of their state. Many of them have their all of their videos taken off all the big tech platforms. So, you know, it's almost impossible during that kind of a situation for people to get accurate information that they can make decisions on, you know, and that's that's what's so scary that that's not supposed to happen in a democracy. I mean, Bobby Kennedy was talking yesterday to Congress and there were something like a 100 congressmen who wanted to censor that meeting, that they wanted to not have him able to talk to Congress to make the argument that censorship had just gone off the rails, that it just had to be stopped, and they were going to censor that conversation itself. So, you know, all of this is, is just a big turn from what it is to be an American. And we all need to just fight it. And we, we, we need to recognize what's going on and that this is just not acceptable, that there has to be room for dialogue and debate, 
in any country that wants to claim that it's a free country. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad you went ahead and mentioned uh, RFK Jr.'s visit to, to uh, his congressional testimony, because I was going to kind of bring it up anyway. Uh, you got to see again in live time. Th- this is the 1984 world we're living in, where you can literally watch this happening in front of our very own eyes. And I can't appreciate enough his statement to point out the obvious that, unfortunately, a lot of Democratic supporters would miss if he hadn't pointed it out, that he, of course, has been a lifelong Democrat. His family is still practically royalty within the Democratic Party, although that may be changing rather quickly because he's changing the status quo and the power structure. But the fact that he had to point out that you are now trying to censor a hearing on censorship uh, really showcases why the hearing needs to happen and why that next step has to happen. Uh, There's something else I've seen over time, and I'm afraid that it might be just a result of the circles I typically run in, because as you can imagine, uh, a lot of hardcore lefties tend to stay away from me. They don't want to talk to me. Uh, They're afraid I'll change their mind. Uh, So I I have a group of folks kind of in the middle ground and then mostly leaning to the right. And I'm fine with that, although I would love the chance to change some minds if they would listen. But in the groups that I get to talk to and the folks I get to interact with, there seems to be a growing hunger for truth, they they instinctively feel that something's missing. Can you attest to, based on the sales of the censored books that you guys have been bringing to the public, are you seeing a direct correlation in that that hunger is a real thing and is it helping to drive success for Skyhorse? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like what I saw, you know, in the fall of 2021 with the real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So that book, you know, was not allowed to be, you know, so you couldn't advertise that in, you know, any big tech platform. We tried to place an ad in the uh, New York Times where they always begged me to place ads and they would not take an ad from us for that book. It was not in libraries. It was not in bookstores. But people were just clamoring for it. And, you know, we had a whole team of people going out, getting onto radio shows, getting onto podcasts. And even though I think it was the most censored book in the last 30 years, it sold 1.1 million copies. So I think that there is a real hunger in this country. The people recognize what's going on and they're tired of it. They're sick of it. And they're just not going to put up for it. And they're, you know, they're they're making their voices heard by the decisions that they make. You know, that, you know, you take somebody like Tucker Carlson, you know, at Fox News, he would get, you know, maybe 3 million views or 3.5 million views. Then he leaves there and, you know, they want to get get rid of him. They want to silence him. And he goes on to Twitter and on his first show, he gets 100 million views. So I think, you know, that's the result of censorship in a free country. Yeah. And I would say that is the appropriate uh, response to censorship, no matter where you are. Uh, I believe most people do long to be free. Tony, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, I appreciate your time. Uh, you're, again, another fantastic conversation with a lot of good things to talk about. want to give you a chance to offer up any final thoughts you would like to before we say our goodbyes. And then please let everybody know where they can find uh, all the best stuff you guys have to offer. 
offer. Share your websites. And if you're inviting folks to follow you on social media, feel free to uh, throw out the platforms and whatever handles you'd like to as well. Yeah, that would be great. Let me start with uh, Instagram is Tony Lyons is uncertain. And the reason that I chose that name is that I think, you know, if you're going to be a publisher, you have to be willing to change your mind. And you're in the business of publishing books that encourage people to think things through and potentially change their mind if they hear a better argument. So then I'm also involved with the super PAC for Bobby Kennedy, and that's called American Values 2024. And the website for that is, um, let's see, the website is AmericanValues2024.org. And let's see, and then the company website is SkyHorsePublishing.com. And you'll find there that we have books on all points of view, um, you know, because we really want people to have access to information. And so many of our books are, are absolutely contradictory. So the writers, you know, hate each other. And they vehemently disagree and they, you know, but, you know, they recognize the kinds of books that they publish and they want to be part of that dialogue and they want the American public to have that access to information. Yeah, that uh, that used to be the goal that we all had. I, I wish we could get back to that sooner rather than later. It's going to be a bumpy road, though, Tony. Again, thank you so much for being here. I do appreciate everything you uh, are doing uh, by virtue of getting that information out and available. I'm certainly going to try to do everything I can to send folks your way so that they, too, can get informed. It is a lack of critical thinking and education that is holding us back as a society. We've got too many young folks thinking that socialism can ever be a good thing. Uh, we we got to get rid of that idea. Uh, again, uh, Godspeed to you, sir, and I look forward to our next opportunity to get together. That's great. Thanks so much for having me on, and I would just encourage people to read as broadly as possible and try to find things that you disagree with, because if your beliefs are real, then they can stand up to people who disagree. Very well said, sir. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Tony Lyons. Uh, he is the president and the publisher at Sky Horse Publishing. Uh, I will endeavor to make sure that we get a uh, link in the show description if you're listening to the podcast later. If we don't get all of that in, uh, I apologize. Now, if you're listening over at BTR, I'm limited on the number of characters, so a lot of the links that I'm sharing on the other platforms probably won't even be there, let alone be live. So, again, find me. And that reminds me, brings me back to this other set of circumstances. I know most of you guys that listen to the podcast are listening over on Stitcher. And so I also know that most of you are already aware that Stitcher is going away as of August 29th. Uh, it just – it won't be around anymore. I'm very sad by this. But what I'm asking you guys to do, if you're a regular listener over at Stitcher, please reach out to me via social media or you can go to the Tap Into The Truth website. That's tapintothetruth.com and uh, send me a message. There's a little message section down near the bottom of the homepage. Just scroll all the way down. You'll see it. And – you got to start voting to let me know where you would like to listen to the podcast, what platform would be next for you. Because if I'm trying to share all the different platforms it's on, that's going to take me forever. So I've got to get a consensus. We'll get to a majority. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, again, just 
let me know. Send me some feedback. Some of you guys have already, and thank you for that. And uh, also, have possibly a new major project uh, upcoming. Uh, we'll make more announcements about that down the road. Of just uh, let me know if you're interested in learning more. Trying to be mysterious here. In the meanwhile, let's go ahead and reset the hour. Uh, guys, don't go anywhere. We will be uh, right back after uh, this little bit of a break as Doug is trying to get all the buttons and all the dials situated. Uh, hour number two. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into The Truth. This is Tim Tapp, the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth that you can hear right here, K-Star, ZMA, and the Vera Networks. This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. very much for being here as we dive headlong into hour number two of the Friday Night Live show. For those of you that are listening after the fact, just in case you're wondering, well, you know, you probably should have been able to see the published date of the podcast, but the time of the live broadcast happens to be on July 21st, 2023. Things are going crazy everywhere. Uh, Doug and I were joking back and forth about how, oh no, Comic-Con is ruined. It is truly the end of the world. It is the seventh and final sign of the apocalypse. Uh, the Screen Actors Guild uh, folks will not be attending. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a reason why I haven't talked very much about the actors uh, strike anyway. Now, to me, the writer strike is a bigger deal. Uh, they probably are at the bottom of the list and getting the least amount of reward for their efforts. But uh, the actors with Fran Dresser uh, up front with her so over the top speeches, and it really is as if they're not even aware of the current state of <laughs> Hollywood and moviegoers, streaming services gave them a brand new opportunity, and unfortunately it has broken completely the model that existed before, and there's just no going back, and they need to recognize that. Streaming services can go to live sporting events 
and uh, low-budget live events all they want to to save money and still offer entertainment. They don't need to pay huge amounts of money to make quality content, and they're figuring that out. And unfortunately, under Bidenomics, a lot of us are having to get rid of our streaming services because we can't afford the subscription. (laughs) What are you going to do? Well, if you're an actor, you may be on strike for a while. Uh, If you're a person that uh, had previously been spending hours and hours watching Netflix, maybe it's time to go outside. I mean, not right now. It's really hot out there for most of the country. But uh, later, when it cools down a bit, (laughs) you can go outside. You know, uh, before we get any further in uh, to today's show, uh, here in the second hour, I want to give a shout out to Arizona Antihero hanging out with us in the MeWe chat room for the last frequency group. Uh, he gave us a big thumbs up to a question I was asking just a little while ago, so glad to have that interaction. And you too can join us live. You can listen uh, whether you want to go to the last frequency or if you want to go to uh, the K Star Talk Radio Network or if you want to go over to ZMA Radio and then any of the affiliate. <laughs> extensions for all those groups you can do that and then you can hop on to MeWe uh, it's a great social media platform if you're not already part of it you can go over there then you can find the last frequency group and then you can chat with us during the show and you can have some interaction with us it'll it'll be fun come join us hang out with AZ and Amy and all the other crew that hangs out on the regular and help us populate it let's make the regular list a lot longer Uh, Anyway, uh, as we get ready for our next guest, which is Kathy Barnett, who you just heard in that liner as we were resetting the hour, uh, I do want to remind you that as crazy as things are out there, you can be prepared for just about everything life has to throw at you. Now, there's a lot of different things that you need to do. Get yourself physically prepared. Get in shape. Stay in shape. Uh, We all have room to improve there unless we're like some super athlete or something. But, uh, you know, be physically prepared. Be mentally prepared. Sharpen your mind and be capable of defending yourself from the, the gaslighting attacks from the left and sometimes from some of the folks that claim to be on the right, too. I, I have to admit it. I'm going to call it right down the center here. Uh, we're tapping into the truth, not tapping into partisan politics. So be prepared, not just physically and mentally, but also be prepared with, you know, the things you need to survive when things go sideways. What are you going to do if your electricity goes out for an extended period of time and things get nuts? You don't want to attract attention, so maybe a solar generator for backup purposes might not be a bad idea. Maybe there's riots in your hometown. Maybe uh, you don't live in a small town, so the Jason Aldean uh, philosophy uh, does not uh, help protect you, so you don't have that small town uh, mentality where everybody's watching out for one another. And then the grocery stores are empty for a while. So maybe you need survival food kits. Whatever it is you may need, I'm pretty sure our friends over at Four Patriots are in a really good position to help you out with that. And uh, when you compare other survival companies, the prices, the products, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to do any better. I'll tell you that much. All right, so here's the deal. 
as always, I'm not trying to give you the hard sell on anything. Uh, usually that turns off a lot of folks anyway. What I am going to do is I'm going to issue a challenge. I'm going to ask you very nicely to go see for yourself, and then I'm going to say I double-dog dare you before the end of this weekend to go visit 4Patriots.com and not buy something. Yeah, that's that's the challenge. I'm going to dare you. So go over to 4Patriots.com. Once you're there looking around, and then if you do decide to get something, and it's okay to lose that challenge. It's perfectly okay. If you do decide to get something, don't forget to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout, and save yourself 10% on that order. During the age of Bidenomics, who doesn't need to save money, right? Especially when you're trying to get prepared for the result of what Bidenomics is going to bring to us. So one last time, that's the number four, Patriots. Dot com for patriots.com use promo code tap t-a-p-p get yourself that 10 percent. now i'm looking at the clock we got about five minutes before uh kathy is supposed to uh, join us so i'm thinking i would kind of like to take a quick quick peek at this little statement here you guys remember Derek Chauvin, right? The guy who was convicted of killing St. George, Mr. George Floyd, back in 2020? Well, the attorneys that are representing the former Minneapolis police officer are now asking the U.S. Supreme Court to review his second-degree murder charge. I think it's a very good idea to do this. Chauvin is currently serving a 22-and-a-half-year prison sentence that he received back in June of 2021. After the jury found him guilty on charges of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. Now, I'm still trying to scratch my head and figure out how do you get convictions on all of those when a single person was dead as, as the result of what occurred there. And again, I'll remind you, there is one good angle that shows that Chauvin was never actually putting his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck. He, he simply didn't do it. The autopsy clearly shows no damage to the throat area. He died as a result of the drugs he had taken. Chauvin and the other officers there tried to keep a distance from the crowd, and they tried to keep him under control, and they tried to assist him. They let him out of the car, and he was already complaining. So it's this really crazy thing where Derek Chauvin was convicted as a result of left politics controlling the justice system. This is something we have to be cognitive of and we should be concerned about. This is literally a case where there was a conviction in order to try and prevent the city from being burned down. We should not be to that point in this country. We should not be that divided. But me sitting here and telling you we shouldn't be like that doesn't change a thing. I wish it would. If it was as simple as me waving a magic wand and saying, well, not this anymore, I would have done it a while back. I promise you. I do not like the insanity that we have going on. 
it's hurtful and it's destructive, and it keeps us from seeing the bigger picture, and that is that as Americans, we're having our liberties taken from us. We're having our due process taken from us. We're having our freedom to speak out and say the things we believe, whether we're right or wrong. We're having that trampled all over. I have the right to be wrong. You have the right to call me out on it. We have the right to disagree with one another, and we should be able to shake hands and walk away afterwards, unless it gets really heated, and then maybe we should just walk away quickly and we can skip the handshaking. It's okay to do those things. It should not be a case of I'm burning down your city because I don't like it when the judicial system works the way it should have. So we're not going to let the system work the way it should It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I will, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on it, and we will be talking about it in the future. In the meanwhile, our next guest is with us on the line, and it is time for me to introduce returning guest to the show. This will be her third visit here, second time as the grassroots director and advisor for Vivek Ramaswamy's presidential campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome Miss Kathy Barnett back to the show. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you are welcome here anytime, ma'am. I, I hope I've made that sentiment uh, crystal clear enough on your previous visits. I, I know uh, it's something that gets caught up, and you're probably so very busy going everywhere trying to help gen up that grassroots effort and it seems to be paying off too i have to tell you but i want before we talk more about uh, vevic's current campaign i, I want to talk more about something that you guys have been very vocal about and that is the obvious weaponization of our judicial system yeah. against donald trump because this is a topic we can talk about because i don't think i've ever seen a candidate more pro another candidate than vevic has been in support of donald trump he has been amazingly supportive for somebody that's technically an adversary uh so again as soon as we see uh, Joe Biden acknowledged Trump's the guy to be, not that we needed to, him to, to tell us that. We knew if you look at the polls, that's certainly the way it seemed. But once he makes this announcement, what's your snap uh, reaction as soon as you hear this? He's now admitting, the, he's now saying the quiet part out loud. Uh, what was that initial reaction? Yeah, you know, I mean, going back to something you just said a few moments ago in regards to us being in support of Donald Trump. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016. I proudly voted again for Donald Trump in 2020. I know Vivek voted for Donald Trump in 2020 as well. Uh, but in all honesty, us standing up for Donald Trump is not because of Donald Trump. It is the bigger picture is that it is wrong. And you were saying a little bit before you introduced me is this bigger picture of what is being destroyed. We have literally lost many aspects of our country, and only God knows if we're ever going to get it back. But we certainly won't get it back, and it will certainly continue to, 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 to run its course, unfortunately, towards the ill, if good people don't begin to stand up and say this is wrong. What they are doing to Donald Trump is wrong. They are weaponizing the elites in this country who have decided Donald Trump will not 
be able to run, and if he's able to run, certainly will not be able to win and occupy the White House come uh, 2025. And so they have made a choice that by hell or high water, they will do whatever is within their power to do. And a couple of things on that. For the Republicans, those who we call, quote unquote, leaders who are sitting back watching and wondering, oh, is this one going to take them out? Well, let's just wait and see. That's not the role that that's not the posture. I don't believe that's the posture that Republicans who are in office, whatever their positions are, to, that that is the role that they should take. The, the posture they should have is one that leans all the way forward and using every single measure within their purview to stop the weaponization of our laws against Donald Trump. Because let me tell you, I know you said it before, if they can do it to Donald Trump, you and I are next. We saw that in 2020. Once they were able to move Donald Trump out of the way with that sham of an election we went through in 2020, all hell literally broke out against us, the people and shutting down our economy, shutting down our schools. Now our little girls are having their breasts removed. Now our little boys are being chemically castrated. Now we have an open border. If you don't like it, shut up. You're racist. You're homophobe. We don't want to hear from you. Now we see this two-tier system with those who went and protested on January 6th versus Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and others who protested during 2020. Now we actually see in New York, crime does pay because now they're paying the people who are out there destroying our system of laws in this nation. And so that is what Vivek is standing up for. It is the rule of law. It is for our country because quite frankly, our country is bigger than any one person. What they're doing to Donald Trump, however, is the one that we can point to and clearly see that there is a two-tier system and this is wrong. Yeah. Before I go back to any other point, I, I would like to, on a side note, say after hearing that uh, response, how bad must the people of Pennsylvania feel that they made the wrong choice in voting for Senate? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, it's really sad out here in Pennsylvania. I love my Pennsylvanians, but boy, oh boy, right? This is going to be six long winners, and so we're coming up to it now. But again, you know, again, what Vivek has been talking about so much when you get back to this administrative state, because that's really what's have, what, what would have taken a grip of our nation right now, and that is destroying our country. We fought against the monarch in 1776, and now <laughs> we're having our 1776 moment today. It is the same, the same uh, spirit of these elites that we broke away from in the founding of this country, that we're going to have to to muster up the courage to do once again. And instead of it being Britain and a, and a monarch there, it is right here in, in this fourth administrative, in this fourth branch of government. These are these managerial elites, this administrative state. And Vivek is really the only uh, Republican presidential candidate that has been extremely clear and all over the target when he said, one of the first things I'm going to do when I get in office, if the people should elect him, that is dismantle and shut down 
this administrative state. If we want a country, we're going to have to be very clear and very focused on who the problem is. The problem is not Democrats in and of itself. It's, this is not a Democrat versus Republican, black versus white, gay versus straight issue. Those particular categories are the tools that those in power, I call them those who sit up high and look low, those those particular categories are nothing more but tools in the hands of a, of a select few people that they use to distract the rest of us from focusing on what really matters. The fact that I don't know if we have another five years to continue doing business as usual. Maybe, maybe America will exist, but in name only, if we don't get this together. And I believe like Bobay, and as he has so greatly articulated, is that the problem in this administrative state that we have is a fourth branch of government, and there's only supposed to be three. And his solution is to shut it down, not reform it, not put a Bessie Ross on top of it, but to literally shut these eight, several of these agencies down. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing about Vivek is he does have a clear vision of what the country should be, and he seems to have a pretty good understanding of the fundamentals of how we get back there, which is not necessarily something you expect as much from someone who's not been focused their entire life on being a professional cog in the machine. Vivek is – this; he's an outsider coming in, but – He's incredibly smart. I know from the beginning, as soon as he announced, um, after I uh, had a little time, I've been one of those people telling him, hey, I know right now everybody thinks this is uh, Trump and DeSantis, but don't sleep on Vivek because he is for real. <laughs> and we've seen some of that response come from uh, since we had this uh, little uh, Tucker Carlson, the Blaze Media hosted event where a lot of the candidates got to come in and they got to have their one-on-one. -on -one. And, and I think clearly the best overall performance was Vivek. Uh, Ron DeSantis did okay. Uh, the others kind of lost ground, I think. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't think anybody I just was there. I was there. It was brutal. Mike Pence, it was, it was brutal. I felt bad for him as well as Asa Hutchison. It wasn't pretty at all. But, you know, but something that she said a few moments ago, let me see if I can recall it, um, about being an outsider. You know, there was an outsider once before Donald Trump in 2015, 2016. And I don't know how many Republican candidates there were in the 2016 uh, election at the beginning, but let's just say it was 16. For me, and I know for a lot of people, Donald Trump was 16 out of 16, right? No one was really considering him as a, as a real candidate, but I remember listening to him. And although I wasn't going to vote for him, I was going to vote for Cruz, I thought, but it became very clear. I, I never, I never said anything ill about Donald Trump because he was saying out loud what we were all thinking. And I honestly think that it should be the Republican party. That should be the party of the outsider when it comes to the executive branch, because I don't think you can take someone who has spent their lives 
in the swamp and think that person is going to suddenly rise to the executive branch and do what is necessary in the best interest of the people. And as it relates to Donald Trump and with Vivek, I think you only get to be an outsider once. Once you're in there, you're no longer an outsider. So in all honesty, I think Vivek is closer to who Donald Trump was in 2015 than even Donald Trump is today. And I think that, again, that serves us well as a people to have fresh legs, someone who is not beholden to big donors and to the way things have always been done, who have fresh legs, clear eyes, a clear mind and heart, and can come in and do what is actually necessary to do. He's not operating from a from a position of grievance right now, uh, but vacant. Now, you know, he jokes, maybe eight years from now. You know, he won't be the he won't be the same person he is today. I'm sure he'd be a lot more jaded, less hair, even more gray. But today, as we're looking at these executive this executive office, this executive branch, we should be the party that looks for the outsider. Yeah. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the problem well, one of many uh, problems, but one of the biggest ones that we have currently is there's too many insiders, too many people that have figured out if they just game the system, uh, they can do really well, and the people will keep sending them. Outsiders with the fresh perspective who have that understanding, uh, almost a return to those initial uh, politicians in the earliest parts of the republic when they had a life to get back to. Uh, there wasn't a career to be had in politics. Uh, I think Vivek fills that uh, situation very, very well. He, he does have other things that he'd be more than happy to get back to. He's stepping up in the, the idea, in the focus of serving the American people and trying to get us back on track. And I really do think that the more people get to see and hear from him, the more they're going to realize this is a guy who means what he says – and who can make it happen? And pointing back to Trump is a really good uh, place to uh, to point out that there is room for outsiders to make it because previous to that, uh, the the two parties had it pretty well on lockdown, and they wouldn't let an outsider even get the to the nomination process, let alone become the head of the party. So Vivek has an uphill climb, but you guys are really doing well right now in getting more notoriety and gaining. One of the uh, critiques that I had early for Vivek, though, was that sometimes, because he was so smart and, and understood things so deeply, sometimes he had a hard time explaining it in a way that really resonated with the average American. You had to be above average intelligence and really focused on politics to get everything he was saying. But here recently, the message has been toned down to a more general audience. You're doing a really good job with that on the fly, too. Has there been a concerted effort to try to reach that more general audience, or is this something that's naturally evolving as Vivek's just spending more time talking to people? I think it's just naturally evolving. I mean, we have, you know, there was a report from The Hill where I think just in the state of Iowa, they uh, enumerated the number of times each campaign has been in Iowa, like the number of events, the number of times they've been there and talking to people. And Vivek was far and, you know, just blew the competition away with double digits 
over the number of events that he has held on the ground just in the state of Iowa. I mean, the guy is nonstop. We're all exhausted trying to keep up with him. And so I think, because I remember when I ran for Senate here in Pennsylvania, and when I first started, I was like, I'm going to go into the Senate and I'm going to stick it to Chuck Schumer, right? I'm going to flip over tables and knock papers off people's uh, tables as I go down to the floor to speak. And then, but after you start spending time with the people, 15 months, 1,500 miles every single week in front of the people, I mean, it is something that just grabs your heart. You name a county out here in Pennsylvania, I see I, I see faces. I see people's eyes. I see that they're riddled with anxiety and that people are in a pressure cooker right now. And so I think it's something that just naturally happens if you have an inclination towards people. You love people. You want to see people do well, and you want to serve them. When you start spending that kind of time with the people, they just begin to consume your heart. When you hear their story, it becomes very personal to you. And so as he's in front of people and talking to people, looking them in the eyes, making sure that as he's talking to them, that they're understanding, they're following, and then he just continues that on. But you're right. I think as people see him and hear him, let's just say four months ago, I was the first person Vivek brought onto his team. And I remember going into New Hampshire and it was just Vivek and I and one other person that we're sitting across the table from, literally. And now it's, it's you know, it's standing room only. It's packed out events. And how did that happen in just four months? It's because he is speaking what we are all thinking. We are hungry. We're starving for purpose, for identity, for hope. You know, our young people are, you know, there was a survey that came out not too long ago where 60% of our Gen Z generation said they, they would be willing to give up the right to vote if they could keep TikTok. Think about that. How can this nation continue when you have 60% of the next generation willing to, to, to not vote if it meant that they can keep TikTok? So he's speaking hope and purpose and reminding us why this is the greatest country in the world, why we need to be fighting for this country. And so I don't know if you're aware, but last night we got the latest poll and he is now in second place tied with DeSantis at 12%. How does that happen in less than four months for someone who has not spent his entire life in politics? And here's the upside for all of us. Most people still don't know who Vivek Ramaswamy is. So we have nothing but upside in all of this. Absolutely. Uh, Kathy, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you've been very generous with your time again. I always love having you on. Uh, you're a breath of fresh air all in of your, and all in of yourself. I promise I'll stop being tongue-tied in a second. <laughs> but when you have something that's positive to talk about as Vivek's campaign, it's hard not to be. Uh, I appreciate your time and effort. Please let everybody know uh, the websites where they can find everything going on. And uh, feel free to share uh, the, uh, the, the link to uh, find your book while they're at it, if you want to throw that out. Uh, if you're inviting yeah. people to follow you on social media and, of course, Vivek's campaign, whatever you need to, platforms, handles, Get it all out there. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. If you guys want to learn more about Vivek, I hope you do because this is your country. And uh, it's, it's going to take all of us to pull this nation and put it back on track. So please go to Vivek, 
2024.com. That's V as in victory, I, V as in victory, E-K, 2024.com. You can also look for Vivek and myself on Twitter. Just put in Vivek or Kathy for Truth. You can find my book, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, anywhere books are sold. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and thank you, Kathy. Again, I appreciate your time. I always enjoy talking to you, and uh, I hope we get to talk again sometime relatively soon. Love to get your take on Bidenomics sometime soon. <laughs> In the meanwhile, Godspeed to you. Keep up the good work. <laughs> thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kathy Barnett. She is the grassroots director and advisor to the Vivek Ramaswamy presidential campaign. And you can tell she is a firecracker when she gets started. I love talking to her. In the meanwhile, I want to remind you real quick to uh, utilize and practice all of your rights, including your Second Amendment uh, right to carry firearms. Best way to do that is to have a really comfortable holster. According to thousands of Vanish Holsters customers, they have the most comfortable. So uh, go visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P and you want to include that backslash in the T-A-P-P because that will activate for you automatically a $50 discount and uh, you know who can't afford uh, who, who can afford not to take advantage of that $50 but you're going to have to hurry that $50 discount is going away at the end of July not a lot of time left in the meanwhile Hang on as the second half of the second hour, the final part of the show, is up right after this quick break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. If you believe that President Donald Trump is being harassed like real traitors of our republic should be, you're correct. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Rounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Ever since the Donald made that famous glide down the Trump Tower escalator to announce his run for the presidency, the powerful leftist cabal have been trying to literally destroy him, his friends, and allies. They say it's because Trump did something wrong whether if it was with Russia, Russia, or on January 6th. The cabal knows they, along with their pals in media, academia, and leftist churches, I know that increasing numbers of Americans are coming to understand that the mission to destroy Donald Trump is because, though he was once in their midst, he was not really one of them. They, who are hell-bent on destroying our exceptional nation way of life, are now sharply focused on destroying President Trump because of his desire to encourage the United States to honor her sacred creed as one nation under God, liberty, and justice for all with equal opportunity. The solution to the cabal madness is for lovers of God and liberty to unite and seek providential guidance for victory. I'm Ron Edwards. 
Bye now. The second skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best. Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. Over just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night together. Sharing the night together. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are sharing Friday night together as we go into this, the last segment of the show. Uh, That means you guys are headed into one fantastic weekend, or at least I hope that's the case for you anyway. Before we uh, bring on our final guest of the evening, save the best for last, as always, uh, I have to remind you that uh, if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or your swollen, achy joints like I was... I've been using this Antarctic krill supplement that actually 
it could put an end to issues with all three. So my issue was the swollen, achy joints. As a young guy, uh, running around, playing basketball, playing football, paying the price now because all these body parts that are – they're screaming at me over the mileage I put on it. It's not the years, it's the mileage. Anyway, this Antarctic Krill supplement is a phenomenal use for me. You play football? I can't... <laughs> okay, so Doug had his chuckle. <laughs> anyway, this particular supplement, it has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And there's never been a better time to try it for yourself. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com to get 58% off Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, and it's easily absorbed by the body. And it contains a potent antioxidant that helps your body reduce inflammation and swelling. It's phenomenal. For a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as little as $23 for a bottle of 30 That's a one-month supply if you're taking just the one. You can take up to two if you want to. I'm just taking one. And like I've said several times, I can't promise you that it's going to work as well for you as it has for me. But what I can tell you is it has worked really well for me. So one last time, that is FixSwollenFeet.com. Funny domain name, serious product. Check it out. All right, and now <clears throat> I am very pleased to be able to welcome back to the show uh, a guest who last joined us a little while back. It's been way too long, quite honestly. Uh, she is eh, – well, I mean I don't know that there's a good descriptor that does justice to everything that uh, that Nina has done. Nina May, you'll remember, we had a very good conversation a while back, but she's the founder and chairman of the Renaissance Foundation, which is an international leadership organization. Uh, she's a filmmaker. Uh, I love Daily Bread. Uh, she, I really hadn't seen it before uh, her first visit, and she was telling me about it, and I went back and watched it. And even though it is female driven i'm not ashamed to say uh, i will i don't have to turn in my man card because i like the show it was very good uh, right now uh working on projects emancipation revelation and revolution with the special edition reparations who should pay ladies and gentlemen uh welcome the very special lady i i think that's a fair description miss nina may nina thank you so much for coming back and joining us i appreciate your time how are you today very good thanks for having me i really appreciate it all right now uh, i saw this uh op-ed that you wrote uh calling out the democratic party as the party of slavery, uh, and you're focused primarily on reparations. Reparations have been a hot topic on this show for a while. Uh, I've made the point a multitude of times that I believe that the best reparation had already been paid uh, when these folks were granted citizenship in the United States, but so few people truly value U.S. citizenship uh, as well as they should these days. You hinted at that point, and you made a lot of other great points, but I just want to get your take right off the bat. 
every time you hear some leftist politician pushing the idea, uh, like, say, for example, Gavin Newsom out in California, that they need to move forward with these ridiculous notions of pain reparations today, what is that initial knee-jerk reaction before you start letting facts and uh, truth uh, fit in to, to back up your your reaction? Well, it's typical um, leftist mentality. You know, uh, what do they say? Shoot, aim, fire, lay, something like that. It's always backwards with them. And the point is, is they really don't have their facts straight, and the facts are historic right in front of them. It's their party that separated from the Union, formed their own nation based on slavery. They had their own president, their own flag, their own currency, their own constitution. In fact, I think in their constitution, the, the, the uh, mention of slavery was well over a dozen times, and it was about the fact that slavery will always be legal in this new country, this new Confederate country, which is the Democrat country, basically. So I say, yeah, if you want to have uh, reparations, let's do it like a trial. Let's bring, the, bring forth the evidence and show that it was the Democrat Party that literally founded a nation on slavery, divided this country, caused the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people, just not even including the slaves that were killed because of them. And if anyone's going to pay a dime in slavery reparations, it's got to be the Democrat Party. And I would encourage and challenge every Republican to learn their history. Why are you a Republican? Well, I'm a Republican because the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist party. That was the only reason it was founded. It was a civil rights party. Six points in the nine-plank platform they had all dealt with emancipation, civil rights, equal rights, end of segregation, and total integration of um, the newly uh, emancipated slaves into society. And what did the, the left do? What did the Democrat Party do? They basically said, okay, we lost the war, but we're still in charge because Lincoln was assassinated. The vice president was a Democrat. They, they did it differently back then. You didn't have a slate running together. You had individuals running for both vice president and president separately. So Lincoln was a Republican. Um, Andrew Johnson was a Democrat. And immediately they under they undid, I guess you could say, undid, flipped over, whatever, all the, um, the what, what did they call it? I, I'm drawing a blank on it. Not re reparations, but uh, anyway, I, you know what I'm saying. It's uh, trying to put everything back in order the way it was before the country was divided. Forty acres and a mule, uh, giving land to the newly liberated slaves, passing the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which, by the way, were unanimously opposed by the Democrats when they were allowed back in. They still were playing games with this whole thing. They would not allow uh, the blacks to even vote. They would not allow them to be, have citizenship. They would not allow them to be have full civil rights on the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. So they're doing exactly the same thing they've always done. If you're a black and you try and leave the liberal plantation, you are hounded by the, the, the hounds of derision, I call it. You're marginalized. You're, you're scoffed at. You're laughed at. Look at how they're treating T Tim Scott from South Carolina, who's running uh, for president because he dares to be a black man running in, in the Republican Party. And they've been getting away with this for a long time. And that was one of the reasons I did these documentaries. I was frankly tired of their lies and being called a racist when I know exactly who the racists are in this country. And it's the people that belong to the same party that wanted slavery to be legal. And today they would want slavery to be legal. 
and they would push for it. And guess what? We're, what we see, there are more slaves today in America than there were back 160 years ago. And most of them are being trafficked. They're coming over the southern border. Everyone knows this. They know the numbers. They know how deadly and horrible it is. A movie just came out about it, Sound of Freedom. So this is not something you can hide in a closet anymore, but it's the same party that is standing behind the same kind of debauchery and evil that stood behind it 160 years ago. Yeah, and we really do see these folks trafficking their own propaganda uh, and taking advantage of people not knowing those facts, not knowing the true history. Uh, we see more and more people as Gen Z becomes older who've never been taught how to critically think, who've never been exposed to this information. Some of these people mm-hmm. believing that 1619 Project is actual history, uh, and even if it was accurate, which it clearly is not, but even if it was, we still had 1776 immediately after, and that took care of whatever issues may have existed before. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and, and the thing is that the the entire world was involved with the slave trade at that time. I mean, everyone. And in, in Africa, you had a lot of countries that were literally rounding up their own people and selling them. And Benin was a, was a very big port of entry for the, um, the slave uh masters to come in and buy right there Africans from Africans. They weren't going into the country. They didn't have to go into the country. They'd already been rounded up by their own fellow countrymen and brought into countries all over the world. I mean, a lot of European countries, a lot of um, Caribbean countries, even uh, countries in South America. So slavery is a part of worldwide history. I mean, go back before Christ. I mean, go back a few thousand years you've had slavery. Look at the time of the Romans at, during the time of Christ. I mean, there were slaves. So this is nothing new in history. We've had slavery for a long time. But what have we done about it? That's the big thing. And like I say, the Democrat Party, this is what they did about it. They divided the nation, made it out, and started their own country based on keeping slavery alive. And I question any black Democrat today, do you even know that you belong to the party of slavery, the party of KKK, the party of Jim Crow, the party of total segregation. This was a party that instead of integrating the schools in the 60s when they should have, they closed the public schools down. And guess what? Every one of those governors were Democrats. So this is not that far in the past. You want to go a little bit further, closer up to, to today and not so historically far back? The president sitting today gave the eulogy of Senator Robert Byrd, a KKK leader. So he's the president of the United States. He's awarded for honoring this KKK leader. Anything said about it? What did Hillary Clinton say about the same KKK leader? He was her mentor. What did Chris Dodd, a Democrat, say about him? He was the conscience of the Senate. Well, if a KKK leader is the conscience of the Senate, we're all in trouble. But that's their people. That's their person. So for them to say, oh, that was then and this is now. No, this is still happening now. Again, I point to someone like a, a Tim Scott. Look how they're treating him. Look what Joe Biden said to Charlemagne the God when he says, if you, if you ain't voting for me, then you ain't black. He should have said, excuse me, uh, did I really hear you say that? You really did not say that, did you? But he just sat there and kind of looked at it like, okay, I guess you're right. So if the shoe fits, you know, and it's just very frustrating to see black liberals 
embrace this party without even understanding what it stands for, it is it's beyond comprehension that they can do that. That would be like saying, okay, I think as a black person, I'm going to go join the KKK. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. The reason things don't make sense is people don't know their history. And if you don't know your history, what do they say about repeating history if you don't know it? That's what we're seeing right now. The same kind of slavery mentality is raising its ugly head and intimidating people and calling people names if you don't you know, do and say and think the way they do. Look what they just did to Robert Kennedy yesterday on the floor of the, of the House. That was outrageous. I mean, that's one of the most outrageous things I've ever seen in my entire life, censoring someone who's there to talk about censorship. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, please. But they're still doing the same thing. The MO is exactly the same with the Democrat Party. Nothing has changed. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, talking to a black liberal, it's almost like watching a Dave Chappelle skit. Uh, it's, it is utterly ridiculous. Uh, you, you made these points, and, and another thing that Joe Biden did when he was in his prime, before he was suffering from any cognitive decline, he was very much for uh, these crime bills that he's tried desperately to separate himself from because now all of a sudden expecting people to follow the law is racist. I don't know why that yeah. is, but – he literally did utter the phrase at one point because he was still fighting against certain segregations of schools that he didn't want the inner schools to become urban jungles. And that was a direct reference to letting black students <laughs> in to white schools. And I, again, I guess it's a true statement when he says to Charlemagne, uh, if you don't know who you're voting for, you ain't black. Because a a real black person that takes pride in being black should have a hard time reconciling that if you are also of the same uh, ilk that you don't even want to allow Jason Aldean to, to have a song, a video play on CMT because somehow there's racism there. Although I don't never heard race mentioned once. I heard criminality. I've heard that small towns know their neighbors and tend to take up for each other. Uh, the one thing that I could see some of the Second Amendment folks getting upset is when he talked about how you, you ain't uh, taking my gun. But outside of that, it was very non uh, racial at all, and yet that's where. In fact, half of the footage shown in the video that's got everybody all worked up is Antifa riots. Last time I checked, they're about ninety-eight percent white folk. So uh, yeah, right, exactly. If, and that, and those, those, that was actually footage, real live news footage. They didn't make that up or stage it. They're actually showing what really happened. And yeah. we're talking about that tonight. That if you if you had the same kind of Antifa people and whatever going into a small town and doing that kind of mayhem and burning and, and torching and doing whatever they can do. You can, I can guarantee you the sheriff, the sheriff's department in that small town would round every one of them up and throw them in jail. And I can also guarantee you if there are black people that live in that community, they'll be applauding that sheriff for doing that because there are millions of blacks that live in rural communities and they are, Fabulous. I mean, they're, they're the best neighbors you'll ever have, the hardest workers you'll ever find. They don't want to put up with this stuff. They don't want it coming to their rural areas. And so, believe me, they're singing along with this song. So this is not about color. This is not about, oh, all whites hate you know crime. No, any smart person hates crime. The only people that don't hate crime are the criminals. And so it doesn't matter what color the criminal is. It's all about, did you break the law or did you not break the law? If you broke the law, you do, you do the time. 
So for them to now um, turn crime and people opposing to crime into a racial discussion is so symbolic of who these people are. It's always about race for them. It's always about control. It's always about manipulation and, and turning the tables and claiming that everyone is doing exactly what you're doing. And I really think the jig is up for them because they, they do it all the time, over and over and over again. They're sitting doing the same thing that they're claiming that the, the um, Republicans are doing with this whole thing with Hunter Biden and, and uh, you know, the Brisma and all the, the contacts and stuff. They impeached President Trump over a conversation about what these people actually did. So there's so many double standards. And again, I just think people are getting tired of it. And they're not playing anymore. So this song is indicative of the fact that people have drawn the line in the sand that said, no more. Don't even try this in my hometown. It's a fabulous song. Hello, did I lose you? Oh, we lost. Uh, I don't know what happened. But anyway, uh, that's because I really wanted to give her a chance to, to do this extra. And there she is. She's calling back. Let's see if we can connect. Oh. Hello? Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened. Uh, sorry about that. I'm not real sure what happened there. But uh, anyway, I was talking yeah. a little bit about this Ultimate Counsel Act in Florida, uh, that if it is passed, it would actually eliminate the Democratic Party. Uh, is this a good idea, and should we do this across uh, the country? And, and what is the name of the act again? I missed that. Uh, the Ultimate Counsel Act, the, the uh, SB uh, 1248, the one that would require Florida Division of Elections to cancel filings of any political party that has ever endorsed slavery in its official party platform. Oh, 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 yes, yes, I like that. I, I heard about that, but I, I, I'm not up on it enough to be able to talk about it, but I love the idea because that's exactly right. It would it'd be the end of the Democrat Party and historically the end of it because – it's it's right there in black and white what they did. I mean, again, they you know divided the nation. They created their own country. And you know, I've thought about this many times. What would have happened if they had won the war? If it was this, the Southern uh, Confederates against the Northern Republicans, and they had won, they beat they beat the North. They were living in two different countries. I don't. I mean, I'm sure. Hopefully, at one point. Slavery would have ended with them, but how long would it have taken? And would reparations be a discussion today? And it's sort of you, just, you look at it from that perspective, and it's kind of scary to think that they had that much power and that much hate for their fellow man that they're willing to fight to keep them enslaved and in bondage. That's really kind of scary. And and if they want reparations today, they need to put their money where their mouth is and start helping to unenslave and repair the the damage that's been caused by this modern-day slavery, slave trade that they've got going on, this human trafficking. Put a stop to that. Let's give reparations to all these kids that are alive today that have suffered through this, are suffering through this, before we start talking about something that happened 160 years ago. Absolutely. Well, Nina, unfortunately, we are now pretty much out of time. But before we say goodbye, I want to make sure that you give everybody all the information they need. If they want to see the uh, 
the documentary Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution. Anything else you want to throw out there as well, uh, feel free to share any websites, any links, whatever you want to share. And as long as you invite people to follow you on social media, don't hesitate to name the platforms and the handles you'd like to as well. Oh, bless your heart. Well, the best place to see ERR, which is Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution, is at errvideo.com, errvideo.com. And there you can also see Reparations Who Should Pay. And there should be a link to that back to our Renaissance Women Productions page, which shows you all of our other productions we've done. Uh, It talks about our post-apocalyptic Daily Bread series. It's a dramatic um, faith-based post-apocalyptic series. Uh, First season has 12 episodes, and it's called Daily Bread. Um, The most recent one that we – movie that we released – in the theaters was called First Lady. It's a romantic comedy. All over the board, we do documentaries, TV shows, dramas, romantic comedies. Um, we're a production company, so um, but we keep our hand in politics too, which is fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Nina. Uh, definitely keep up all the great work. You you do uh, a lot of different things, and you're entertaining, informative. And I don't know if there's such a thing as a better combination, quite honestly, because that's the way to reach people. You get them engaged, and then you sneak in some factual information on them when they're not paying attention. It's awesome. There you Uh, go. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, bless you all. Bless you. All right. Uh, Hopefully we can get back together and talk again real soon. In the meanwhile, uh, ma'am, as I already said, keep up the good work and Godspeed to you. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Bless you. That is Miss Nina May. And uh, this is pretty much the end of tonight's broadcast. We've only got a little time left. Would like to take that opportunity to uh, remind you, please uh, visit all the websites that uh, these guests throw out. Uh, Check out their work. See what it is that they're offering. Uh, A tremendous group of guests tonight and and i'm proud to to be able to talk to each and every one of them and i hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as i enjoyed talking to them in the meanwhile remember don't take my word for it definitely definitely don't take their word for it be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth good night everybody have a fantastic weekend and come back and see us for the next broadcast uh I am planning on being back. If Hillary Clinton shows up, I did not kill myself. (laughs) You guys have a great one. Good night, everybody. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Control.
is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. So hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Nina, Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223. It gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. Is using both hands.